0: Wow, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the way that uh, you are participating in our worship this morning. And thank you for being here to to be a part of this time of praise, this time of encouragement for one another. If you are passing through, we're so glad that you stopped off. If you're here for a family reunion, uh, then hey, I want to know, what was the best thing you had at the family reunion? What, What was the best meal? So, we need to know of it uh-huh yep that's a family reunion crew right there don't want to make mama mad you don't want to make anybody upset what do you say all of it was good <laughs> hey we are so glad we really are that you are that you're here to uh, to be with us uh today uh something else i want to make you aware of uh this past wednesday night caitlin cruz was baptized into christ um i don't know if caitlin is helping Caitlin, are you in here? Or are you helping with Kids Praise? I think she's maybe, she's in Kids Praise. I see dad going, Kids Praise. That's where she's at. So when you see Caitlin, uh, be sure and uh, give her a big woo-hoo and uh, tell her how proud you are of the decision that, uh, that she made. It's because of grace. It's because of grace that we are able to uh, woo-hoo. It's because of grace that we celebrate whenever anyone says, you know what, I want to place my trust for my salvation For my past, my present, my future in Jesus Christ. And so we come together and we celebrate just like we have been doing this morning. And so again, we thank you for coming and for joining us in that. I want you to do me a favor if you would. Um, Go ahead and open up your Bibles and find in your New Testament the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And go ahead and turn to chapter 4. I want you to get there and... Uh, I want you to go ahead and turn there so you can have that and so you can go ahead and mark it because we're going to dive into that particular text here in just a few minutes. Uh, but while you're doing that, I want you to think about this. For those of you who are married, I want you to think about the, the invitation that was given to you when you were asked to, when you were asked to be the bride or maybe in today's modern times when you were asked to be the groom. I don't know. Whoever it was that proposed, whoever it was that said, you know what, I want for you, and I want for me to be together forever. Will you, can we, let's go. But whoever it was, I want you to think about that setting, okay, I want you to think about how all of that transpired. Now, there have been some really wild proposals through the years. There have been some crazy things and, and more and more the whole proposal deal is becoming you know like must-see TV, right? Because now you can't just go and take your sweet thing somewhere and propose in the, the privacy of a, a very special restaurant or location that has some meaning to you. No, you have to take your special someone out Somewhere where all the family can hide behind trees and rocks and walls and video from afar, all right? And, and so that you can have this, this special moment that can then be shared on social media for everybody to see. Now, I am just glad that nobody jumped out from behind a tree when I proposed to my wife. I'm glad that my parents weren't we are not hiding somewhere. I'm, I'm definitely glad that her parents were not hiding somewhere. But I remember Tanya and I, we were in Auburn and I had taken her to get Tumor's Lemonade. Now if you're not from Auburn, you don't understand how special that lemonade is. It is the nectar of the gods. It is what is served in communion at churches there in Auburn. It is, it is, I, I, now some of you think, is that true? Yes it is, no. Um, it is so good. And so on this special night, I had the ring in my pocket. I told her, I said, hey, look, I want us to go and I want us to get some tumors lemonade and I want us then to, to walk around campus together. And, and there we were with our tumors cups and, and we were slurping on that great lemonade and we made our way to Samford Hall, which is a prominent building right there at the front of, of campus. And I took her to the steps. And we sat down and enjoyed our lemonade. And we talked and laughed because I've always been funny. <laughs> and as the chimes began to sound, 8 p.m., it was the moment that I had been waiting for. And so, I, I reached into my pocket and I, I got down on, on one knee. and. I I looked at her and, with all the love I could muster, I said, Will you marry me? And Tanya, what did you say? I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. She did, right? I mean, I'm not making this up. This isn't a preachers story. No I mean, I just spent 250 on lemonade, OK I mean, I got her a large cup. And I had had all this played out in my mind, exactly how it would happen, and and what would take place, and and all the chimes were going, and the birds were singing, and I I, I got the words out just like I had wanted to, just like people have done for centuries, and the response that I get, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> if I don't have anything better to do next month, when um you know we'll, I mean I'm getting ready to graduate, and there's just a lot of no. Um, yeah, that's what happened. And yet, for 21 years, she has put up with me telling this story, <laughs> and, um, and she's still married to me, and it's great. And, and, and I love my wife, and, and it, that is a beautiful moment that I love to share, and that I never forget. What happened, what happened when you were asked to give yourself to someone? In marriage. Think about that as you look at John chapter 4. Go to the text with me if you don't mind. Word about Jesus is spreading. He's becoming more and more popular. So much so that the word is getting around that individuals, more people are going to him for baptism than going to John. And the group of disciples is just getting larger and larger. And so, Jesus decides, you know what, I need to leave where I'm at right now. I need to leave this area. And he's going to go from Judea to to Galilee. And it says there in John chapter 4 verse 3 that as he left and departed, it says he had to pass through Samaria. But here's the thing. He didn't have to pass through Samaria. Now Samaria was the straightest route from Judea to Samaria. Or from Judea to Galilee. Yes, you go through Samaria. But Jews would on purpose circumnavigate and go around Samaria as not to pollute themselves with the towns and the people that lived in that vicinity at the time. See, in 752 BC, the Assyrians had come into the area and had taken what was at that time the northern kingdom of Israel. And the way in which the Assyrians, when they would go and take over some other civilization, the way in which they would make sure that the people would not rise up again against them is that they would remove the people from the land, some, and disperse them throughout their own territory, the Assyrian territory. And they would bring in other individuals from other lands that they had conquered and plant them in the newly conquered land. And they would encourage then intermarriage between those who had been conquered most recently and those who had been conquered in the past. And and that is what they did when they went in and they took over the northern kingdom. And in effect what they were able to do because they took out many of the Jews who were living there and transplanted them throughout the Assyrian nation. They brought in Gentiles to, to live there in this land. And because they encouraged the intermarriage, they basically bred the Jews out of their land. And this intermarriage that had been taking place for centuries had produced a race of individuals known now, as we read through this text, as the Samaritans. Individuals who have a Jewish heritage, but yet they were not considered by the Jews to be pure. You see, later on when the southern kingdom would be taken, not by the Assyrians, but by the Babylonians, they would have a a different view. They would go from a different standpoint. And instead of trying to intermarry, they allowed their conquered peoples to remain and to keep their own individual heritage. And, And so when the Jews of the southern kingdom eventually returned from Babylonian captivity, they returned to Jerusalem, basically still a pure race. But those who had been taken over by the Assyrians, because of all the intermarriage that had taken place, they were no longer considered to be pure descendants of Abraham. And because of that, those who were the pure descendants of Abraham greatly looked down on these individuals who were considered half breed would be nice, okay? They followed Torah, those first five books of the Old Testament. They did not recognize the writing, however, of the prophets. The Samaritans worshipped at a different location. Those who were of the pure Jewish heritage would worship at the temple there in Jerusalem, but not the Samaritans. They would remember where the original tabernacle was set up, and and they would worship there. And there would constantly be this back and forth about who was right and, and who was wrong and, and who was more faithful to God and, and who was further away. I mean, these people, I wish we could understand just how much they disliked one another. It's sort of how you felt when Sean got up here earlier in his Florida Gator shirt. Some of you Tennessee fans. Now, did you notice how he didn't say anything? Now, I can say this about Sean now because he's back with the kids doing kids praise. All right? Um, but he didn't say anything. He got up. Could have. Didn't. Just wore his Florida gear. Very humble. Now, I really think he dropped the ball on that. But you Tennessee fans, you can decide for yourself. pa dump How many turnovers were there, Tennessee fans? Drop the ball? Come on. Never mind. Anyway, man, I... I really thought that would have a better effect, but too soon, I understand. Um, But these guys really hated each other, all right? And there was no football to fight over, but it was all about their heritage, and it was all about their faith. And so those of pure Jewish lineage would make sure they would walk around Samaria. But Jesus, the text said he had to go. He didn't. But he did. And while he was going on this journey, after a while he became tired and he sat down at a very famous location that is known as, as Jacob's Well. It's an area where the patriarch Jacob would give that land to, to Joseph. It is an area where for, for centuries those who were the descendants of the Hebrews would look to this place as being, this is our This is our heritage. This is our this is our past. So Jesus sits down at this well and he waits. His followers go on into town to get something to eat, and it's about noon, and a woman comes out to draw water. And when she comes out, Jesus just asks a very simple question. He says, Can I have something to drink? I mean, it's hot, and it's been a long day. Can you give me something to drink? And the woman, it says, is surprised because, first of all, she knows that that Jews don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. But even more than that, she says, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Now, Now, you think you were... Low on the scale for the Jews if you were Samaritan. Try being a Samaritan woman, which placed you even further down on the scale just because of your gender. Forget your nationality. Now, you are a woman. And within this particular time period, I'm sorry to say, ladies, uh, women were just not very highly respected. She goes, why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus said, well, you know, if you knew who it was that was asking you, you would actually ask, you'd actually ask me, and I would give you living water. Now, the phrase there, living water, is one that would be used to describe a spring that would bring water. And Jacob's well, depending on the season, was was either a cistern that would gather the rainwater, or it was an area where you could go and draw water from a spring that ran underneath it, And so the woman, as she hears living water, she's trying to figure out, is Jesus being serious or not? Because she looks at him and says, but you don't have a bucket. How are you going to be able to draw deep in the well? I don't understand. She said, besides, you think somehow you're going to be able to get better water than than Jacob was able to drink and all of his descendants who have come after him? Jesus says, listen. If you drink this water, you will always be thirsty. But I have, I have a water that you can drink that will fill you with eternal life. Now, now as I read this particular story, and I don't know, maybe you've heard this story a lot. And so you get very familiar with it. I like to read familiar stories and imagine perhaps that they happen differently than my first reading leads me to believe. And as I read this, I can... I can see this woman speaking to Jesus with sarcasm. When you come to verse 15 and she says, well, please, sir, give me some of this water so I'll never be thirsty again and never have to bring my pot here, all right? That'd be awesome. You got living water, just give it over to me. Jesus is like, well, fine, you're going to talk to me that way, I'll give it to you. Just go get your husband. Oh, boy. Now he's done it. The woman says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband because you've had five and the one that you're living with now isn't your husband. There's a lot of reasons this could have happened. Oftentimes we just read this and decide, well, this woman, man, does she have some very loose morals. To understand that within this particular time period, it was not unusual. In fact, Jesus would speak of it himself. That if your husband died, the next in line in the family, the next male, would be responsible for, for caring for you. It's not without the realm of imagination to think that for whatever reason, different males within the family of her original husband had died and the other men had taken her in. Married her, but now this one was just giving her a house to live in, a bed to sleep on. It could be that she had run into some very bad luck. And that individuals that she had been married to, that for whatever reason they had died off and she was still left. Oftentimes we think of her as some young woman walking out to the well. But maybe she is an older woman who is coming out struggling to get the water because of The age that is upon her and the way that she has tried to care for herself through the years, as time after time, those that she has depended on have have died or maybe even left her. Have you ever thought that perhaps this woman is the one that had been left and not the one that had been doing the leaving? Jesus said, You're right. You've had a lot of husbands. And you don't have one right now. She says, you must be a prophet. (laughs) You must be a prophet. So since you think you're better than me and know all this stuff, why don't you tell me, where is it better to worship? In Jerusalem or here on Mount Gerizim? Because my people worship here and your people worship there. So as you're going ahead and you're just rubbing it in that I don't have a husband, why don't you just go ahead and remind me just how much better all you Jews are than us Samaritans? Jesus says, dear woman, there's a time coming when it's not going to matter whether you worship the Father on a mountain or in Jerusalem, because the Father is spirit, and those that worship him are going to worship in spirit and in truth. She says, well, look, I know that there's this guy, the the Messiah is coming, and he's going to answer all these questions. He's going to answer all these questions, and we'll know it all then. Trying to end the conversation. Trying to be able to draw her water. Trying to be able to go about her business. And then Jesus says, hey, it's me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one. It's me. Now, it's about that time that the disciples come back And if you read there in your text in verse 27, it says that they were shocked to see Jesus talking, not to a Samaritan, but to a woman. Our teacher's talking to a woman. Everybody knows you're not supposed to talk to a woman. Everybody knows that you're not supposed to put your eyes on to a woman. Everybody knows that that you're not supposed to engage in this type of public display? What is it? We've already had to come to Samaria. We've had to walk into Sychar to get food and have to be contaminated by all these things that Samaritans do. And now we come out and Jesus is talking to a woman. We're going to be the laughingstock of everybody. Well, why don't you go ahead and ask him, Peter, why he's doing it? I'm not going to ask him. You ask him. If you want to know why he's doing that, you ask him. But nobody would ask. They wouldn't have the chance. The woman rushes past them as she hurries to the village. And she runs and she says, I want you to come and see someone who has told me everything that I have ever done. See somewhere within this discussion, we're given just a brief glimpse, but apparently there was more conversation that began to go on. There was more back and forth between Jesus and the woman. And perhaps the sarcasm that she first had was melted away as Jesus would talk about the different relationships that she had been in, the circumstance that she found herself in right then and there, the, the just the difficult standing that she had within her society. And so she races back home. And everybody that she finds, she says, Hey, I want you to come and see somebody. Come to the well. Come to the well. And, and I can imagine people saying, We don't need any water. We're good. No, 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 you don't understand. I want you to come to the well so that you can meet the one who gives life. I want you to come to the well so that you can meet the one that truly is water. And she is back talking to all the townspeople and encouraging them to lay down whatever it is that they're doing and walk out to the well. The disciples say, Jesus, you want something to eat? And he goes, I'm not even hungry. I'm not hungry because I have some food that you know nothing about. And they're looking around going, all right, who snuck Jesus some food, all right? Who put something in Jesus' satchel that we didn't know about? And Jesus said, it's not—has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with all. He says, my food, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me, and my nourishment comes from finishing his work. And he tells his disciples, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to look around you because the fields, they are ripe to harvest. You've gone and you've picked up some bread, but I want you to know something that what you really need to be focused on, what you really need to be picking up, are these lives and these individuals, these men and women who are around you, who are coming right now. And so the people came. They came to the well, and because of that, the text says that many Samaritans from the village believed because of the woman's testimony. Now there's a few things that just strike me as being kind of really wild with this particular text. I want you to think about something. Normally whenever you read a story of Jesus, doesn't he, doesn't he usually do some kind of great miracle to inspire and awe people and have them be amazed? Do you understand the only thing that says amazed anyone in this text was the fact that he was talking to a woman? And they were amazed. Normally, somebody's raised from the dead. Normally, there's some kind of disease that's healed. And people decide that they are going to praise God because of it. All Jesus does here in this story is is tell a woman that there's a time coming where it's not going to matter Where you worship, it's not going to matter where it is that you that you're living, where it is that you are. There's not going to be this separation. All he does is listen to a woman talk about her past and her present, and then she decides to run off. She decides to run off and tell everybody, look, I want you to come and meet the one that I have, that I have met. You say, why does she do that? Remember earlier I asked you to think about your marriage proposal? There's something going on here within this story that oftentimes I I think we miss. When the woman comes to the well and Jesus says, can I have a drink? It harkens back to, to Genesis chapter 24. And that was when Father Abraham... Father Abraham, that, that man of faith, that, that Hebrew patriarch and icon, he wants, to, he wants to help his son find a wife, but doesn't want him to have a wife among the local people where he's now living. And so, as custom, he, he gets one of his servants and sends him back to his own town, to his, to his own land. He says, I want you to go and I want you to find a wife for my son. And so the servant does as he's told and he, he returns to the, to the ancestral home of Abraham and he goes and he waits outside the town by a well. And there he prays. And he says, Lord, if, if you will just grant me this wish. He said, may, may the woman who comes out and ask and i ask her for a drink and she says yes and if that woman says i'll feed your and water your camels too then may that be the woman for my lord for my master and the text there in genesis chapter 24 says no more than he had prayed the prayer here comes this beautiful woman rebecca And apparently she had on her social media profile enjoys long walks in the desert and hydrating livestock because she comes up and says, can I give you a drink? And may I water your camels? And the servant thinks to himself, yes, this is the woman. This is the answer to my prayer. Because she has come out. I have asked for a drink. She has replied in kind. She has watered my camels. I am going to take her back to my master. It was a proposal at the well that all began over a conversation with water. Same thing would happen. Jacob would meet his bride. Rachel, guess where? At a well. So we shouldn't be surprised as we read in this particular story how that Jesus goes to Jacob's well, a time where he didn't have to, but he had to, and he waits, and a woman comes, a woman whose whose lineage, they had married all the wrong people. They had had all the wrong husbands, a woman who had had five husbands herself, and the one that she was living with now was not even her husband. And she approaches this well, and a man says, can you give me something to drink? We read it and think that Jesus is just thirsty. Actually, what he's doing, he's offering her a proposal. Or do you think it's just by chance that the church is referred to as the bride of Christ? You see, you read this story and you learn that you are not defined by your nationality, your gender, or your religion. You read this story and you realize that there's something bigger going on in Jesus' message about wanting something to drink. There's something more going on than just conversations about where it is that we can worship. Here it is Jesus talking to a woman from the wrong country. She was the wrong gender. She worshiped in the wrong place. And yet Jesus said, because of grace, I want you to be mine. You read this story, and you cannot escape the fact that your past no longer dictates your future. Here was a woman that had had all kinds of struggles, and you can decide which reason it was that brought her to the well at noon instead of earlier in the day. Is it because none of the other women wanted to be with her because of her immoral lifestyle? Is it because she had to return for a second time to the well because everything else had ran out? Is because of her age. She was just able to get there at this time and she wasn't able to go earlier. She had had all these other relationships. She had buried husband after husband. She had been brought in by family member after family member. And here she runs into someone who is able in conversation to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what brought you here. What matters is where you're going to go from here. But here's the real thing I want you to Remember? All these others are good points and you can write them down. But the main thing that I want you to understand this morning is that no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter if you're male or female, no matter if you've worshipped at the right place before, because of the invitation and the conversation that Jesus had with the woman at the well, you too can point others to Jesus. See, that's what you get from the story. That a woman from the wrong place, a woman who had known racism, a woman who had experienced sexism, a woman who did not do things like everybody else in that time did them, she was still able to do one thing go point other people to Jesus. And because of her testimony, people believed. So friend, don't tell me that God can't use you. Don't try to tell me that your past somehow negates service here and in the future. Don't try to bring up how you were raised and and what you used to think and what you have already always been taught because you can still point people to Jesus. And it doesn't matter what society says about you. It doesn't matter what your family says about you. It doesn't matter what the church that you go to says about you. What God says is that because of grace, you can share the story. You see, I got down on one knee all because I invited my wife-to-be to share some lemonade. And guess what? Every time we go back to Auburn, you know where we go? We go to Tumors, and we get some lemonade. And every time I drink it, I think about the bride. My bride-to-be, who said if she didn't have anything else better to do, she'd marry me. (laughs) And I hope from now on, as you read this story, you'll remember something. That when Jesus asked the woman for a drink— He's talking about more than water. He's asking her, will you be mine? I think I know what her answer was. And so let me ask you this morning, I can do this because of grace. Will you be the bride of Christ? if you will agree to that, then why not come and be baptized this morning? Why not come and say that you believe that Jesus Christ the Son of God this morning? Why not come and repent of all the other husbands, all the other wives, all the other things that you have done in the past trying to fill that void? Why don't you just come and drink? Let's stand and sing.